The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. An eightfold blessing we hear from Jesus this morning. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, and so on and so forth. An eightfold blessing. And you notice, I think, right away, how contrary to appearances those blessings are. They're not the kinds of things that the world Counts a blessing. Just take the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. No one in our world counts poverty of any kind a blessing. And yet Jesus says precisely the opposite. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To understand these blessings, I think we need examples. That's really one of the things that All Saints Day is about, remembering the examples of faith that have preceded us to eternal life, remembering those examples. Today we're going to remember the examples that we have in the scriptures to illustrate each of these blessings. Now this is going to come pretty rapidly, so hold on, buckle, buckle your seatbelts. We're going to go fast here to get through all of these. But here are some people, saints, who show you what these blessings look like. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Here's your example for that. Jacob. Jacob the patriarch, who spent 20 years on the run, hiding from his brother Esau, who wanted to kill him because Jacob had stolen the blessing from his father. 20 years Jacob was on the run, and then he was kind of at odds with his uncle Laban, and so he had to go back home. 20 years, and Jacob wondered if Esau still wanted to kill him. He was not sure about this family reunion. He had all kinds of people, all kinds of property, all kinds of wealth, material wealth, worldly wealth, and yet as he approached his brother Jacob, he was terrified, mortified, that he was going to lose everything. Jacob was poor in spirit. He prays to God in that moment as he's about to meet his brother Esau. He prays and says, Lord, I do not deserve a single one of these blessings that you have given to me. And unless you preserve them, unless you take care of them, unless you keep your promises, I'm done for. Lord, I rest entirely on your provision. That was a good prayer, but that wasn't the end of the story for Jacob's poverty. That night, while Jacob was preparing to cross the river to meet his brother Esau, the Lord himself came and wrestled with Jacob. 
The Lord came and showed Jacob just how poor he was. The Lord wrestled with Jacob until Jacob insisted that God keep his word. His was the kingdom of heaven. Jacob's was the kingdom of heaven because he believed God's promises. Not because he had anything to show for himself. Not because he was strong or mighty or wealthy. But because all he had in all the world was the Lord God. And that is enough. That is a blessing that delivers the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. I don't think anyone mourned as deeply as David did. Not because of loss that he suffered, although he suffered grievous loss. But David mourned deeply because of his sin. You remember that story, how he saw on the roof Bathsheba. And he took her for his own, and then to cover up his crime, he murdered Bathsheba's husband. And then he thought he was going to get away with it until that harrowing moment when Nathan the prophet came and said to David, You are the man who has done this wicked deed. And David mourned. I have sinned against the Lord. That is true mourning. There are lots of things that we can mourn in this life, lots of things that we lose, but the loss of righteousness, the loss of a good conscience, the loss of peace with God, that is the worst. And David mourned from the depths of his soul that he had wronged his God, that he had sinned against his neighbor, and he feared for his life. But Nathan spoke these precious words to David in view of his repentance. He spoke these precious words. The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. It is precisely to the one who mourns his sin that God gives comfort. If you think you have no sin, you deceive yourself. And the truth is not in you. You make God a liar. But if seeing the depths of your sin, you grieve, you receive this blessing. Comfort that comes from God himself. That comfort came with chastening for David. Don't think that forgiveness of sins means no consequences. It came with chastening. He lost his son as a result of this sin. But David understood that even in losing his son, God had made peace with him. That God had reconciled himself to David. And so David was comforted. Blessed are the meek. Moses is reported to have been the meekest man there ever was. How does that look? Well, there's this great story in Numbers chapter 12 when Moses' brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam, come up to Moses and they say, Who died and made you king? How come you get to be the boss of all of us? And Moses didn't answer them a word. Any brother worth his salt would let his siblings have it in the face of such an accusation, but Moses did not. Instead, he trusted in the Lord. Moses didn't return injury for insult. He didn't defend himself. Instead, God defended him. God said, Moses, you and Aaron and Miriam, you guys draw near, all three of you together, and I'll tell them what's what. And God said, I'm the one who appointed Moses to take charge of my people. I'm the one who raises up and who brings down. And the Lord afflicted Miriam with leprosy. Because she had been so presumptuous. And what did Moses do in his meekness when he saw his poor sister suffering for her sin? He prayed for her. Lord, don't hold this against her. Moses was meek. And as a result, he inherits the earth. Notice that Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. It's not earth that you can pick up with your hand and hold in your hands that Moses inherits. Instead, it is the earth that is created anew in the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek, 
for they shall inherit the earth. Not holding on to things by means of strength. Moses didn't have to be a strong man or a wise man. He simply needed to trust in his Savior. Blessed was Moses. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Elijah was a man, a prophet, who hungered and thirsted for righteousness. He did combat with the prophets of Baal, the false prophets of Baal. He took them up on top of a mountain and they had a contest to see whose God would listen. 450 prophets of Baal marching around, making fools of themselves at that altar and nothing happened. No fire from heaven. And all Elijah had to do was pray. And the Lord God vindicated him, sending down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and licking up all of the water that had been poured on the altar. And then Elijah ran for his life. Because although God had been proven to be the true God, the wicked Queen Jezebel still sat on the throne. Elijah ran for his life and he lamented and he wept and he said, Lord, my life is no good so long as this wickedness prevails in the land He hungered and thirsted for righteousness. He prayed for, longed for a day when righteousness would once again reign among his people, when the wicked would be overthrown. And he sat in the wilderness and he felt sorry for himself, that he couldn't accomplish it. In spite of his hunger, he couldn't make it happen. The Lord fed Elijah. An angel appeared to him and gave him a hot cake and some water. And Elijah lived on that food for 40 days and 40 nights, sign for sure. That if it is not the Lord who satisfies you, you will never be satisfied. If it is not the Lord who produces, who brings about righteousness, you will never see righteousness. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, St. James tells us. And so hiding in a still, soft voice, God spoke to Elijah and said, The day is coming when once again there will be righteousness. Just wait. Wait for my word. You will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. No one, I think, is seen to be as merciful in the Old Testament as Joseph, that poor man who had been wronged by his brothers, thrown into a well. They thought they did him a favor not by murdering him, but by selling him to some slave traders. Poor Joseph, who spent years and years, decades, away from his family. Time in prison, time falsely accused. But then at long last, the Lord vindicated him and put him on the throne. Joseph was second in command to Pharaoh, and he rescued all the world from a famine. And his brothers came, thinking him long dead. And when they recognized that it was Joseph, they were terrified. They thought, as any brother would, now I'm going to get it. Now my brother's going to let me have it for those sins we committed against him years and years ago. Those sins that we've been carrying around in our hearts all this time. That guilt that we feel every time we see his face. Every time we think about the grief we gave to our father. And Joseph's brothers come to him and they plead with him. Dad said, you shouldn't hurt us, they say to Joseph. But Joseph smiles at them and he says, am I in the place of God? How can I hold this sin against you when God has been so merciful to me? You meant it for evil, but see how God has worked it out for good. And Joseph spares his brothers. He forgives them, loving them not demanding justice. Jesus says, if you forgive others their sins, your sins will be forgiven. Joseph receives mercy from God, and so he is able freely to dispense mercy to everyone around him. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
The first martyr of the New Testament is a man named Stephen. We see him for just a moment in the book of Acts. He's preaching God's word to people who are hard of hearing. They're stiff-necked. They don't want the gospel. They murdered Jesus, and they don't want to hear about it. And yet Stephen speaks plainly to them. He's pure-hearted. He knows that as much as the truth hurts, the truth is what sets people free. And so he proclaims, in spite of their stiff necks and their dull ears, he proclaims that Jesus was the Messiah, come to save us from sin and death. Stephen stands up and he preaches, and they gnash their teeth at him, and they put him to death. But as he stood there, as they were about to pick up stones to throw at him for the good news that he was delivering to them, Stephen looks up and he says, I see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the throne on high. Stephen, pure in heart, seeing God and showing to them what God does in this, that even as they were hurling stones at him, putting him to death, Stephen prayed for his enemies, for those who were murdering him. He prayed, Lord, hold this sin not against them. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Job is known primarily for his suffering. You know the story of Job. He had all of this wealth, all of this great household, and then the devil came along and said to God, Job only loves you because you've been so kind to him. If you take away all that stuff that he's got, he will curse you. And so the Lord said, let's put Job to the test. But long before that, before Job was put to the test, he showed his faith, his peacemaking quality in this. His children would go out and they would feast. They'd have parties. And Job, every day, every morning, would get up and he would consecrate his children. He would bless them. He would preach God's word to them every day and he would offer a sacrifice on their behalf. He did this because he said, lest they overnight in their feasting have sinned against God and now bear guilt. He was always, constantly, every day, seeking to make peace between his children and God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Job received this blessing, the same blessing that Jesus delivers to his disciples. Peter asks Jesus, look, Lord, we've left behind all of our family. We've left behind our property, our homes, our comfort, our well-being. We've left it all behind to follow you. What will our reward be? Jesus says, your reward will be a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. That's what Job received. His children back, his home back, his family, the wealth, all of it came back to him. But more importantly, more than all of that, was the eternal reward that Job received. A blessing from God, being called a son of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is the last one, if you've been counting. Number eight. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Daniel is our example for this one, who prayed every day, three times a day. And even when his enemies tried to outlaw prayer, Daniel kept on praying, and for his righteousness' sake, he was thrown to the lion's den, what no one would count a blessing. And yet, he was saved and gave glory to God's name. Daniel was persecuted because his righteousness was like a plague among the people of Babylon. They couldn't bear it. How he showed how clearly his God was powerful and their gods were a fraud 
Blessed was Daniel, who suffered persecution for righteousness' sake. He received the kingdom of heaven. Now, all of these stories, all of these examples, these saints, these are not people who give us merely a record of good deeds. You can find lots of good deeds in this world, but the Bible is not a record of good deeds. Instead, it is a record of faith. That is what you see in each of these examples, and that is what we see in all of our beloved who have died in the faith, those who have run their course to the end, trusting in their Savior and now receiving the crown of glory. The saints, they all testify to the mercy and goodness of Jesus. They held on to his promises and they did not let go and they were not put to shame and they have now washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. What a beautiful picture. Having every tear wiped away from their eyes, that is the example of blessedness. No one can see it. No one would call it what it is. If the world looked out at our cemetery, they would see a bunch of bones lying in graves, corpses, names long forgotten, That's what they would see. But do you know what you and I see when we look out there? We see a record of faith. We see a record of the promises of God fulfilled. We see hope. All of those bodies are lying with their feet pointed in that direction. Do you know why we orient the casket a certain way when we put it in the the grave? It's so that to symbolize when the sun rises, the morning dawn of Christ's return, all those who lie in their graves just have to sit up and they see him coming. From the east, light dawning from on high. That is what we hope for. Hope because faith is never put to shame. God grant us that when we die, when you and I are laid to rest, they will say about us such things. Blessed are they, for they were poor in spirit, for they were meek, for they mourned their sins, For they were merciful, for they hungered and thirsted for righteousness. Blessed are they, for they were peacemakers. Blessed are they, for they were pure in heart. Blessed are they, for they were persecuted for righteousness' sake. There actually is a ninth blessing here in the Beatitudes, and it's yours. Blessed are you. When others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, here's what Jesus says to you. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. To God alone be all glory now and forever. Amen. We remember now all of those who have passed away, departed in the faith over the course of the last year. I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. In joyful expectation of the resurrection to life eternal, we remember before the Lord our departed family and friends who have gone before us in faith and of whom the world was not worthy. Kenneth Reichert, Luella Lofgren, Jeanette Moss, Lester Gutnecht, Carl Fisher. Let us pray. Almighty God, we remember with thanksgiving those who loved and served you in your church on earth and who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly kingdom. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.